This is your host, Mimi Jacks, and welcome back to another episode of Improper Mimi Podcast, where we talk about things that empower women at home, work, and play. This episode is part two of a webinar series called Entrepreneurship Pros, Cons, and Everything in Between. Improper Mimi partnered up with the founder and president of Watch Her Win New York, Obioma Richardson, and Rashida Frazier of Empowering Greatness for a live podcast recording in Chicago. Let me introduce you now to the panel of six entrepreneurs we had at the incubator space in the Chicago area of Bronzeville. We had with us Form Sheath, Chief Coaching Officer and Co-Founder of Ama La Vida. We had Norman Scales, Co-Founder of Confidence Apparel and Confidence Foundation. Robin Harris, who is the CEO and Creative Director of Model Atelier and Confidence Apparel. Sandy Robinson, co-founder of Shy Gives Back, Inc. Aston Hayes, co-founder and CEO of Tip-Off Games, LLC. And Marcus Lucy, founder and CEO of the Marcus Lucy Experience and Urban Grind. If you haven't listened to part one of this live podcast recording of Watch Her Wins webinar on entrepreneurship, pros, cons, and everything in between, be sure to go back and listen. For now, let's jump back in with Obioma as we pick up where we left off last week. So you really have to take all of this knowledge that you're receiving and understand that you have to put work in. I am taking all these mental notes. I'm going to look at this recording because I have a lot of work to do when I get back. It, you know, it's, it's serious because you want to be as big as your vision um, and you have to put the work in. I'm going to go back to... Uh, another question that uh, Robin mentions the text where you can download an app 99 cents if it goes to a million people right so I want to talk about like funding and your resources uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the question is uh, you know what resources have you leveraged throughout your endeavors right so this is this goes into your funding, this goes into in your investors, angel investors, like how are you getting this? How, how are you getting started? And I'd like to start with the nonprofit question because I know for me, a lot of my uh, equity comes from my own pocket. Like if I was not working and <laughs> if I didn't do some things, I probably couldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to be here. You know, I, I have a lot of the funding is, is me. Um, so, I want to jump to Sandy. Well, God has truly been on our side um, because it honestly, it started out with just friends and family supporting us. Um, and that's how we initially, and that is still how we are able to support a lot of our initiatives that we through, that we do throughout the year. But we've also started receiving a lot of corporate interests and sponsorships. So for us, it's, it's how you're leveraging um, your relationships with people. I mean, I know Aston, and Aston is like truly the plug um, in Chicago, but it's, it's how you're leveraging and, and being genuine about what you're, what you have going on. Um, and I think that that comes across in a totally different way versus a car salesman. You believe in you, you believe in your product, um, whatever that may be. And if it's truly your passion, your friends, your family, and others will, will see that and they will believe in you. Um, once they believe in you, you know, it's not selling. You know, once you, once you do something that you truly love, you're not selling, you're not, 
you don't need to, to think of it that way. But of course, we all need money. We all need that extra funding. But it's how you're selling your story um, and how you're having those introductions. So for us, we've had people just, again, to volunteer um, that work with companies um, and, you know, that have these full-time jobs and they're, they're saying, hey, I know someone at, at, at Walmart, let me get you that introduction. Or people who have come and volunteered um, at it, one of our events and they said, I like what you guys are doing. I like the way that you're doing it. Something about you is different than anything I've ever um, done when it comes to nonprofits. You know, let's sit down and have those, have a conversation. Um, and once we sit down and have a conversation and, you know, they go, they go through our year and our deck, it, 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 it pretty much sells itself. You know, it's, it's an organization that, again, we're three people that have full-time jobs and it's because it's our passion and, you know, it's, it's a need in the city and the way that we're doing it and the way that we're going about it, um, it's not just gimme, gimme, gimme. It's, would you like to come along with us for this journey? And corporations like that, they really, they really enjoy that organic feel and vibe to nonprofits. Um, you know, people mention other nonprofits like, I'm not going to say, but they mention other nonprofits and, you know, it's like, no, we don't, we don't necessarily, you know, we're not them. You know, we have our own thing. We do our own thing, you know, and we, we, we have our own lane. You know, you have your own lane. And like Marcus said, you know, I don't see um, other, I don't think of other people as competitors because Everyone here is so unique. Just listening to everyone's story, everyone has their own thing going, and that's what sets you apart immediately from everyone else. So, you know, you, he's, made his, he's made his living not even having social media. So, I mean, there's your story right there. Right. And I want to jump to Robin and Norman, because I know you have a nonprofit as well. Sure. So, we, the nonprofit and the for-profit, I'll start with the for-profit. Okay. I can't go to 95, so I need to <laughs> right. my own boss. So with the bootstrapping came um, giving back. I think once we add the giving back component from our sales, then that's really in planting those seeds, then the money really started to flow. Because now we weren't just like meeting deadlines and trying to you know stay in the positive, but it's like, no, we're actually taking a portion of our sales give back to the community. Mm. So when you add the giving back component for us, that allowed more funding to come in. And to this day, we still don't know how we survived seven years being business owners. Um, with the nonprofit, it definitely is a completely different ballgame. But to be honest, it's about the story. It's about leveraging relationships. And, um, and before the pandemic, now entrepreneurs is grants everywhere okay so but before this it was really trying to figure out how to apply for a grant and what you needed you know it was just so much work for us because we're like well how are we going to get the funds to do the programming um you know to offer it for free basically to the kids that we help so um before the pandemic it was a struggle but now you know it's, it's kind of easier because there are a lot of grants out there. And again, because we plant seeds in other people's lives, somehow the money just comes right back. Okay. Um, we are also a bootstrapped company, but our model is different. We don't have a physical location. Well, we do now. But when we started, um, it was our product as people. And all of our coaching was virtual. We didn't do in-person. So all we needed was a laptop, 
Yeah, we needed a website. We needed some QuickBooks, <laughs> so finance stuff. So we had a few minimal costs, so we bootstrapped it. Nicole and myself, we put some money in. Um, and it took a long time to start making, I mean, to this day, we, our salaries are always up and down because we're always about, we're, we have 30 people now on the team, so we have to make sure people get fed. At the same time, we're at a point with, of our business where we want to keep growing. We can keep growing organically, but if we really want to scale and if we really want to take it to that next level, we're at a point where we do need to start thinking about funds. And to your point, Robin, there are a lot of grants right now, especially with the SBA. The SBA is providing a lot of support to small business owners, especially if you're a female or a minority, because it is very hard for us. I can tell you in the coaching industry, all you see is older white males. Yep. And, and for a long time, you couldn't get an executive coach or coaching unless you were in a position on your way to be a VP. Correct. And that wasn't us. It's only for the one percenters. And we're changing that. We want to change that. But I think that whole component is you need to figure out what is that capacity? What is the risk you want to take? I mean, even with these grants, I'm liable for them. My husband is liable for them. My kids are liable for them, right? So you have to think about that give and take as well. Um, And also knowing that if you are going to raise funds, I'm sure, Aston, you have a lot of stories to share. You're also giving up a lot of you and control. So I'm sure you have something to share. Love to hear it. (laughs) So yeah, so we started off uh, bootstrapping um, and then went into pitching. We do grants. We do kind of a little bit of everything. Sponsorship, I get sponsorships. So when we do events, we'll ask for sponsorship for that. So we kind of use a combination of things. We have not gone with the VC because of that, because of the equity that you have to give up in the company and just what that'll look like. So we'll pitch, but then we may have meetings with people and then discover that they're, they're just not a good fit for what we're looking for. I'm not trying to like give up everything that I put put out, you know, to have somebody come and totally change it. So um, still, you know, on the VC ride to see if we find somebody that works well for us, but for now today, you know, grants and uh, grants and sponsorships that's, that's leading the way. And of course, what we're making off of the um, downloads and things of that nature. That's important because I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to Shark Tank, right? And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's important to, to just be like, no, you know, I, I want to continue to own what we've created. And sometimes, you do have to just thug it out and thug it out. <laughs> oh God, this is gonna be like memes all over the place. <laughs> oh, so that, that's important. That's important. Yeah, uh, like I said, like I, I've been training for, like on my own for like the past eleven years. I out of company, and like uh, I didn't really need any funding uh, for my own because I'm client to trainer. Combat, so to speak, um, but going forward with with this gym is a totally different ball game, you know. And so uh, I've been fortunate enough to, um, you know, over the twenty years or so I've been training, um, to really attract high level thinkers and high level performers. Um, and like, so my clients become my consultants, my coaches, my my mentors, my mentees, for that matter. Um, and they've also become my silent investors and angel investors or whatnot. Um, and so I've been able to leverage my relationships and my integrity. Um, and so naturally they believe in what I do because I've done it for them in their lives over the course of the past 
five, 10, 15 years or so. So. So, first of all, Marcus keeps reading my mind and segueing into my next questions. Thank you. So, uh, it was mentioned a couple of times from everyone, mentors and, you know, support. So, networking. We know that's important. We know that our, <laughs> our communities are probably not, you know, and I think it's changing now, right? So, but I, I grew up. My mom was on the PTA, and, you know, I learned from her, um, but not everybody was like that. So, you know, we look to our, um, within our networks for support. So for you, uh, did you have anyone who was your base, anyone who was your base support during the process, during your, the beginning of this process, and has it changed? I'm happy to go. Yeah. Um, the answer is I didn't have anyone who knew about en entrepreneurship when I started. Mm. What I needed, and part of that is my family history. Like we don't have anyone who are entrepreneurs, and okay. we everyone had government jobs or stable jobs, or like my mom worked at a factory where she did labor work. So that that type of concept isn't even there. So when I even brought up quitting my job, my mom's like, "You're gonna do what?" Um, so that was that. What I needed, I can Google entrepreneurship. I can Google a lot of things. What I needed was the mental support. I needed my dad. He is the wisest person I know. He's my constant cheerleader. And so even when I was on that brink of what am I doing with my life, why would I give up something that's stable? Because right now, I barely sleep. I have a four-month-old and a three-year-old, plus a business that's growing. Life is crazy. It's easier for me to go work a nine to five, so much easier, but I'm building a legacy. That's what I'm doing and we're changing lives. That's the intent. So what I needed was my dad to help me when I had my downs and say, this is why you're doing what you're doing. It's okay if you learn through this process that this isn't for you, but if you don't try, you might regret. Do you want to regret? And that's what I needed to hear. I'm a crybaby, excuse me. That, I mean, you know, because I, I think about my stepdad, who's not no longer here with me, and uh, he was always, always, always one of my biggest supporters and talking to me, so that's, that's heavy. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Aww. Go ahead. Don't go to this side now. <laughs> go ahead. Don't go to this side. Constantly 
networking to either get my app where it needs to be or figuring out how I can help somebody or what, um, you know, what needs need to be taken. So like even Shy Gets Back did a virtual game night with us. They were looking for a way to reach their audience. And so collaborative efforts on that note. It was lit. It was lit. <laughs> and same thing with Boxville, where we are right now. They did a game night to get, get, you know, so just figuring out what people need and how I can help them in any way, whether it's me or somebody I know, or figuring it out is like what I love to do. So that's. Can I just give you a plug how you did just that for Robin when you're like, ooh, there's yes, this yes, thing that yes, I saw. So, example <laughs> yes. of that. Yes. So, so has it like, like has it changed or it for for you you know like uh change for the better change for the better <laughs> okay better for okay me. i just keep doing it and the blessings keep coming and okay. just keep you know that's that's how it goes so so cuz cuz uh Aston is like a ma she's the master right at this at this networking so for people who um have an have an issue with it uh, you know, being maybe introverted and can't really get up and speak to somebody. Like, what, what would your advice be to them? Um, that's that's interesting because I, I was attempting to like write a book on networking and then do, do it. it. I, yeah, I, I guess I have to just get myself in the mindset of like an introvert, like how I can help them because it comes so naturally to me. Right. I don't know how to tell somebody that it doesn't what they should do with like what devices or anything they, they should use, so I kind of stopped in the middle of it, okay. but, um, yeah, my bad, I mean, uh, I don't like to network at all, uh, I'm really, I'm really weird, like, uh, I'm really good working with people, um, but I, I don't always enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 what it boils down to is like uh, what I've learned like about myself and about like humans in general. Okay. Um, is like my life is not always about what I want to do, right? It's about what my mission and what my passion is. Um, and so, in order for me to achieve certain things, I got to do certain things. And so, um, I can give a damn about what I want to do. What I need to do is things like this form. Right? right, and so in order for me to achieve what I desire, if that's what I really say, if I really desire what I say I desire, I need to do the work. And so um, regardless of what's going on, do the work and just go say what's up and say hello. Uh, worst case, I mess up four or five times doing the same thing, it's gonna happen, you know what I mean? And that's okay, I don't have to feel less about myself because I'm learning how to do this thing. Right. And so just use each experience as that, a learning experience, and just consistently, uh, Put yourself out there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I wanted to kind of semi-answer that question. Okay. Um, as far as like, yeah, some way, because I'm not sure, it's more of a hypothesis. Okay. If I was a person that was reserved and I didn't know how to address a room full of people okay. to network, what I would do as that person would try to seek out that one person that has the network and see if I can talk to one person. I like that. And then that one person can introduce me to another one person who I then can talk to individually. I like As that. opposed to trying to, I'm gonna bounce from person to person to person to person. I can go to the one, the plug, and find, <laughs> call asking the plug from now on. I kinda like that. But yeah, just go from person to person. Getting back to the original question, which was how, uh, 
who motivated us yeah, or like who was your base support? Who was our base support? Has it changed? My base support is here. So yeah, because as I mentioned before, and I'm not just saying that to sound sappy, like <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, um, my parents are old school, you know, and you know, my father was literally born in a house. Like I have old, older parents. So they are not that, you know, either both of my parents are older and they are, they are not the ones that would dive into um, entrepreneurship and they don't necessarily even understand mentally how to support entrepreneurship. And um, it's almost in their nature to be skeptical of it because uh, they hear of the failures in entrepreneurship. But I said all that to say, once again, my support is here. And even if you think that you are falling, you know, and it's the two of you in this, it's hard for something to fall if two things are leaning into each other. Preach. Okay. I like that. That's a word. That's a whole Look, word. We got, we got black love and it's real as form up in here. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to go after some of the stuff that he said. I call him the professor. That was so sweet because I was going to say you are my base person and still is. Yeah. So um, I'll go to networking though. For, for those who are watching, networking is terrifying when you think about it. But someone told me, they was like, hey, listen, because honestly, I'm an introvert. Like this used to freak me out way back in the day, but I, I had somebody say, hey, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to get out and talk to people. So um, for those who are introverts and need to go and network, I think instead of asking a person what it is that you do, change the story as to your approach to what networking normally is. Like, hey, what do you do? What do you do? That's just so ugh, to me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Instead, ask a person, you know, what it is they care about or something outside of the work part of things right. so that you can try to find some sort of common denominator and be like, oh, that's interesting you said that because X, Y, and Z. I literally networked in the sauna the other day. <laughs> Because, because um, spoke to these two ladies were in the sauna, uh -huh. and before you know it, they were talking about some stuff. And actually, no, my friend helped me do this, actually. So I'm, I'm not even going to take all the credit. She's like, oh, they need to come to the fitness event. And they were like, oh, what fitness event? So then we started talking even more. So you, you, you can become an Aston. But you have, to, you have to learn your approach instead of asking right. that, that what it is that you do yes. and change the whole question in itself and yes. figure out what makes somebody who they are. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that, that that's important. I've been networking, I feel like, my entire life. Um, but it's important to have that buddy. You know, an introvert always has someone that is just, that is not. Um, so having that buddy that can go with you and talk to, you know, anybody and who can ask, ask those questions um, because they can, they can open the gates up for you um, and, and anyone else in the room um, because obviously people, people, People have, once you start talking to someone and you keep asking the questions, it can go so deep. You can talk about three different things that they have going on, and it is important to find that common denominator and just, you know, inch right on in that conversation at the right time. Um, so I, I agree 100% um, with that part. And as far as um, supporter, 
My mom has always been uh, my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. I'm sure she's probably watching right now. Um, she's passed the Zoom information all to her girlfriends. Um, but she has definitely been that, that push. Um, I mean, the other day she said, oh, Shy Gives Back hasn't posted anything on Instagram lately. And I'm like, Mom, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll let the other people that have full-time jobs know as well. <laughs> um, but she is, she is always on it. Mom, I need you to get an Instagram page and start sharing my stuff. <laughs> Oh, so when, when we talk about marketing and we talk about technology and we talk about networking, what can, can you tell us about like your best and worst marketing experience? And, you know, how, how, has, it, how has it helped you? Uh, because like you said, from, you have to fail, you have to make mistakes. Oh, I have stories, <laughs> lots of stories. Um, back when we were naive, all of this is single stemmed with, we are very impatient, very impatient. We're like, why are the sales not coming in? Why are people not buying coaching? So Nicole and I decided that we were going to go to UIC campus and we created these flyers and we just started handing them off and we started going on the streets of like on Michigan Avenue and we're like, here's coaching, buy from us. Here's coaching, buy from us. That was the epic fail of what doesn't work because someone was like wait so you sell the coaching buses and we're like no someone was like oh coach like the handbags we're like no um so lesson learned you need focus that was our thing it's like we were not focused on who we wanted to reach we were not being intentional rather we were the we can be anyone's providers that was the biggest misstep. And it's actually something that uh, is a theme that we run into, whether it's for marketing or services we provide, products we have out, is we tend to fall into this trap of, but we want, we just want the business. So why can't we be everything to everyone? Because what if we miss out? If we say we only help women, well, what about the males who want coaching? Right, right. If you think that way and think in the loss, you actually lose out on that gain. So that, to us, when we were doing this hodgepodge of marketing, we were so scared of sticking to authentically what, who we wanted to work with right. and being strategic about what that looked like. Our motto, uh, my Nicole uh, actually gave me a necklace. She, both, she made a necklace for both of us. It says patience and hustle. I like that. You need patience to put together the strategy. You need patience and focus to think about where you're headed, what you want to do, why it's important. Once you have all of that, slow down, be strategic, put it all together, then hustle the, I was going to swear, hustle to get there. Hustle to get there. So I, I, one thing I want to touch on is be, because I, because I'm, you know, the organization is Watch Her Win, um, I was nervous uh, in the beginning because I'm like, but I need, I need the men in my life and I need allies because as a woman in tech, if I didn't have those male allies, I wouldn't be as far as I am right now. Um, so I want to especially thank Marcus and Norman uh, for agreeing to do this, even though, yes, because it is important to me that the men back us up um and your presence here means everything so everyone can see like you see our black men here supporting 
Okay? Okay. Who wants to answer that next question? <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I'll go. Um, we'll go back to Instagram. I know everybody was like anti-Instagram, but uh, I could talk about two. When we first came out, we had a, a whole like campaign that was real funny. It's a, a whole bunch of like, um, not memes, but quotes that we had from just different black movies and shows and things like that. And we were like, oh, people are gonna love this. this is gonna be great. And we put and we would only get like maybe a handful of people that would like like those posts. And we'd be like, we put so much effort into the creative and everything in this. And down the line, we noticed that for us, people want to see people playing the game. So they want to see videos and I want to see static images. So that was like a learning lesson. And that is like use videos, don't use static images. Um, and then the other thing we, the biggest thing we learn is that people want to see funny people play the game. So we use this uh, up and coming uh, comedian, her name was Tyree, and paid her to do, you know, pay, didn't have to pay because this was in the beginning. We didn't pay her a lot, but we paid her because she was up and coming to put together a one minute skit. It was like right before the holidays, right when we had just come out. and. She had wrote the skit up and kind of told me what it was going to be about and how she was going to put it together, and I hated it. But my, my uh, business partner loved it. She's like, I think it'll come together. Like, let her do her thing. Like, just let, let's go with it. So I was just like, this is going to be stupid. Like, you know. And it came out, and then, went, like, when I actually saw it and it came out, it was fabulous. And we ended up getting, like, 19,000 follow. I mean, 19,000 likes just off her um, video. And I was like... And I started to say no, you know, but I went with it and I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, let's go for it. Uh, so that was probably our best one. And then we just learned using influencers and comedians was the way to go. Let them create the content and then post on their pages. And then we get their followers to kind of come over to our page. So um, that was probably the biggest lesson we learned. So. Okay, so I got one. I know you got one. Um, recently, I had design. So we co-design everything. And for me, I'm like, oh, you can have an idea in the middle of the night. And for me, I'm like, babe, could you go make this X, Y, and Z? Anyways, I created these socks. And it was super cool for me because I'm like, oh, these socks are going to be a hit. You know, people are going to love these socks. I'm going to sell them for X amount of dollars. I put it out there just putting uh, the sock on the model and kind of putting in the, when you post, putting it in the, um, in the context what it is about. The socks did not sell at all. And I was so hurt. I was like, these socks are amazing. Like, y'all don't want these socks. So... So I was really hurt about that, for real, because it was like I had about 500 socks. So, uh, so no, no, but listen, but listen. So, no, so listen, listen. So here, here's, the, um, here's the, what I learned. So the socks didn't sell when I was marketing it um, on social media. 
But when we did a pop-up, I was talking about the socks. I said, hey, these socks, when you put these socks on, every place that you tread the sole of your foot upon, this is what you're going to be. So on the bottom of the sock, it had confident or resilient or faith or love. As soon as I told the story, she was like, oh, let me get five pair of those. And so they, they sold out. But what I learned was certain products, you can't just post a picture. You have to get out there and tell the story. Like even and even if you can do that on social media, it's still the story behind it. So lo and behold, we only have about 10 pair of socks left, you know, but but what I learned was you got to tell the story and it was it was the why and the story behind the socks that really was sold it, not necessarily the socks. So that was a, something that I learned. So uh, as you tell that story, I just thought about I think what for me is the worst experience. Everybody is not an influencer that has a following. <laughs> and we learned this the, the hard, hard way. And to back that up, the images that you see for these influencers are not the real person. Uh. We sent clothes to an influencer. Oh no. And when she put the outfit on, it looked nothing like what the outfit was supposed to look like. Okay. And we were like, so, I mean, we kind of paid for this. Like, do we post it? And it was, I mean, it's like, no, you can't. Oh, so we just have to bite it and eat that, eat that L and then remember everybody who shows images on Instagram does not necessarily look like that. Right. And everyone who says they're an influencer, because there's other instances where a person was an influencer with a huge following, they're not necessarily influencers. That is, uh, that is a very important lesson and inform information. Yeah. But we did, on the other end, there are, there are some, some examples of knowing that people have genuine audiences. Okay. And you can work with people with genuine audiences and your stuff will sell if the right people with genuine okay. audiences. Andy and Marcus, and then we're gonna start wrapping up. Oh, uh, what was, oh, tell us about your best and worst marketing experience. Oh, okay, okay. Cause I, I kept going to say something about that and just saying how uh, quality over quantity um, is very important. And um, yeah, it, it, yes, you have to be very, very um, leery of, of influencers because going deeper into their comments and who's following them and what's being said, um, and just with my, my day job um, on the marketing side of things and, and looking and seeing like, oh, this does not make sense at all. Like, oh, they have 5,000, you know, comments, but, you know, they don't make sense. So that's very important. Um, for us, we, we, we learned earlier on that um, a way to, the way to really um, promote what we do is through video content. So um, we have a lot of genuine people that, 
um, that that just you know when we're giving stuff we're capturing those emotions um, and it's it's very important because it's not just how can we explain these this to people who maybe were not there or how do we explain it to a potential sponsor um, but it's actually by capturing you know that teacher that you know that 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 said oh my god I've been teaching for 15 years and no one has ever celebrated me um, but capturing that genuine moment there and putting that into video content um, and us being able to to collab we have so many um, so many videos that we have um, that we've been able to push out to potential sponsors um, but it's just how you tell our story how you tell your story um, and just having blurbs from earlier on um, we we knew some people and um, like Eric Benet and Marsha Ambrosius that that um, oh that um, you know that kind of um, you know put their stamp on on who we were and you know it's it's important you know to also align even if you're aligning yourself with celebrities um, you know or people that have that but really understanding that they truly do believe in what you're what you have because if they don't it's not going to be genuine and their followers aren't going to believe it so you know just being very intentional with what you're doing and how you're marketing and and um and who you're marketing to is very important yeah again i'm slightly different because i don't have any social media presence uh so for me like uh when i really think about like what works versus uh what doesn't um i always think about a quote that uh, kind of moves me through is uh be the change you wish to see in the world uh, by gandhi and so when, uh, when my presence is weak, it's, uh, it's because my own integrity is off. I'm not eating healthily enough, I'm not sleeping, I'm not taking care of myself, um, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, but when my, my well-being is like uh, intact where I'm getting more sleep and I'm getting massages, I'm getting pedicures, and uh, I'm doing the things that I, I teach and share, um, then that's when I'm the most successful. I have more clients than I need, uh, and I have more clients than I can work with. Um, so the more you take care of your integrity, um, which means like uh, for me, it's like my thinking, my speaking, my doing are all are all aligned. I can't say I'm a personal trainer and I'm not working out. I can't say I'm a life coach and I don't have somebody working with me to help me work through my problems as well. Um, so I got to make sure the things that I say I am, I'm doing, and more importantly, uh, I need to be being as well. So I, I can't just show up to you know to, to a panel um, and be shy and be coy um, because then I'm not sharing my gifts. We're gonna wrap it up now. Um, so we're gonna wrap. We're, we're gonna take some audience questions. Are, are you all up for that? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, Rashida is gonna go ahead and. Um. Okay. So question one is, and I'm gonna read this question verbatim. Can you ask the panelist in the yellow shirt? His name is Marcus. Besides being a trainer, do you have any coaching experience? Not exercise. If so. How does it inform your personal training? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a certified life coach um, as well. Um, and so my training in coaching, I, I focus on the, uh, the being of the person. So uh, my, my coaching experience is uh, in ontological coaching. And so uh, I'm always thinking about the person holistically. Um, I don't really care that you want to lose 15 pounds for your wedding. Why do you want to lose 15 pounds for your wedding? What is that going to do for you? What experiences are you attempting to create? When was the last time you were 15 pounds lighter? I want to know about who you are as a person more than what you want to do as a person. Uh, once I understand the why behind you, what, then I'm able to take those things and use them for and against you in a positive way. Thank you for that, Marcus. Um, what Chicago entrepreneurial ecosystems and networking events can you recommend to get involved in? So if you are in tech, 
1871 is the biggest incubator in Chicago. And specifically, they have a program called WISDOM, Women in STEM. And that was actually an accelerator that we went through. That one is a fantastic way to, one, learn about how to build a business, also to network. If you are in healthcare, Matter is another place that you can go to to be with other like-minded founders and startups and also network. So those are the two that I would start with. And I want to jump in there too. So me and Ashton have some, some similar networks. And what I've noticed is a lot of the people that we know that we have in common, we met doing athlete, athletics. Um, and my uncle told me that early in life, no matter what you do, make sure you stay involved with athletics because it'll build, it'll build your network for the long run. Tell the audience what athletics is, just for those who may not know. Oh, so uh, I play football, baseball, basketball. And um, actually, we, Aston and I played in a, a flag football league together. And it ended up being a lot of entrepreneurs and, I mean, doctors and lawyers and business owners. A lot of people, we didn't even know that that's what they did at the time, but a lot of young people. Uh, primarily black professionals from the area got together and it ended up being in a huge league. And that even transitioned now into cycling, right? So now it's a huge cycling league in Chicago. So, and it's a lot of the same groups of people, these young black professionals that end up in these different circles. So what I heard is um, when I was in the eighth grade and I had that uh, sh strikeout, I should have stayed playing. That that that's what I heard, and I need to <laughs> I need to start riding bikes with Michelle in New York. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, I got you. I'm gonna continue. So so going back to that, I would say not just athletics. If you have a hobby, any you know, basically you can create a network off of anything. So if you do yoga, meet the people that are in the yoga class or at, that are at your yoga. Um, if you like baking cakes or taking, you know, cooking classes, like just find people that are like-minded, that like a hobby, and they'll spawn off into something else that you, you know, may or may not know about or something that you uh, may need help with or just something you never even thought of. Like you'll meet the most interesting people just doing hobbies and things that you like in everyday life. Work and recreation. Yeah. And, and I am um, just one thing too, wherever you live, there's always a chamber of commerce um, that does monthly events. And it's for usually for the businesses, but also the people that live in the neighborhood. Um, Eventbrite is also another good one. You can go on Eventbrite or even on Facebook um, in their calendar, and you literally can just look at all of their events that they have. So if you see something that's of interest of you, grab a friend, and just go and hit the streets. Great. Another question, and we're only going to do two more for time purposes. Uh, this could be for any panelist. How did you stay patient and trust the journey as you were building your biz before the actual launch? So uh, real time, right? I'm in the process of opening this gym. We had, a, uh, we had some verbal uh, talks. Uh, we had some walkthroughs. Uh, we had some letter of intents. Everything was signed. I, I was supposed to have the keys April 1st. Obviously, it's not uh, April 1st anymore, and I still don't have the keys. Um, I have a u unique uh, way of thinking about things. And I have a really great uh, 
staff, or if you want to call it staff or team, so to speak. Um, the reason I'm not discouraged, because I believe in the work, because I've been doing the work my whole adult life. I know what I'm doing is going to work. I've done it at every level you could do training at. And so I believe in my passion. I believe in my, my service. I believe in uh, I believe I believe in, in just people, uh, helping people, you know. And so um, the reason I'm not discouraged is because my why behind my what. How long it take me doesn't matter because time doesn't really exist. It's relative to everybody. Um, what matters is me aligning my integrity, you know, and, and getting better at being a person, right? And so for me, I feel like it hasn't happened because I haven't whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, once I elevate myself to a certain level, it happened in the time it was supposed to. I'm going to, uh, I, I hope, hopefully I don't get this quote wrong, but it was something I saw online that Rick Ross has said. He was like, I don't care how long it takes, I just don't want to waste time. I believe that's what, it, if I said it correctly. But it, I, I made those cards in 2006 and didn't even start the business until 2016 or even attempt to start it. So it was basically a dream deferred. I don't feel like I wasted any time. It was it happened the time it was supposed to. I met the person I was supposed to. When I was supposed to, everything happened when it was supposed to. So um, you know if it's I don't know if it's patience or just me knowing that everything has divine intervention or, or it's supposed to happen when it, it is supposed to, but uh, that's pretty much where it falls in line. It, it kind of just happens when it's supposed to. <laughs> okay, well, that is all of the questions that we have that we can take from our panelists at this time. Now we will very officially uh, wrap up. Um, I want to thank all of you. I was like, Oh, nauseous for like two weeks and my stomach was messed up. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't know if I was going to have a lot of stuff, but just from the bottom of my, my heart, I really thank you. And I'm so happy I am meeting new people and building relationships with you because I'm not going nowhere. Forum, I uh, like she knows, I like I love her. I'm telling you, this woman, we talked about you know when i was i was in a point in my career where i was like i can't do this and she talked me through and i just took lead on managing a nurse call application in a hospital and then we talked about motherhood and then she you know became a mom and our relationship just curated i have to give a shout out to empowering greatness rashida um and uh, improper Mimi, Mimi Jacks, because I told them about this vision that I had about going to Chicago. And I was like, yo, can you help me from New York? And Rashida was like, oh no, I'm coming to Chicago with you. And, and Michelle was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm coming to Chicago. And we have this amazing setup. And then I have um, Marion, right? who, I, as I said in the beginning, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have these five amazing people that I now um, know and will be building a network with and staying in contact with them. Lauren, 
right? Because I met Lauren through the plug and she provided this space. So it's just, it's mind blowing to me that I could connect with everyone virtually. And I swear, I didn't, I didn't even speak to Robin and Norman. I just met them today. I felt like I, like I've known them, like, you know, I like we hugged um but lauren provided this beautiful space um the bronzeville incubator and it's in the community and for me that's big because i'm i'm from the bronx i live in the bronx i live in the community and watch her win is about connecting um, opportunities to the community. So I'm not in Chicago, downtown, in some fancy office building. I'm in a fancy building in the community that they have made uh, to, to show people, like, this is what we have and this is what we're offering. So that is a big deal for me. And on that note, I want to thank everybody who attended today. Thank you, everyone. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Another special shout out and thank you to Obioma, Rashida, all of our panelists, and everyone else who helped make this webinar such a success. This is the end of part two of Watch Her Win's webinar on entrepreneurship, pros, cons, and everything in between. Be sure you check out last week's episode to hear about how our panelists use technology to help promote their businesses, what made them start their organizations in the beginning, and what kind of support they had to keep it going. I'd be really interested to hear back from our listeners on what are some of the pros and cons that you learned from starting your own business and even what type of businesses that you guys are thinking of starting in the future. Don't forget to follow Watch Her Win, Improper Mimi, and each of the panelists highlighted in this episode. And as always, keep telling black stories. Ciao.